0: Welcome to this podcast recording from the 2022 Pod, Partnership Opportunities in Drug Delivery Conference. The Pod Conference is produced by the Conference Forum. For more information, please visit podconference.com. Enjoy the podcast recording from Pod 2022.
1: I'm Paul Reichard and I'm from the Merck Research Laboratories and I'm in the Department of Protein and Structural uh, Chemistry
0: Um, and Rob. Rob Garmice, uh, Bristol Meyer Squibb in the Material Science and Engineering Group. Um, I want to thank the pod organizers for inviting us here and for all of you guys staying to the bitter end. (laughs) So let's start with the whys, uh, Rob. Uh,
1: So why do we want to crystallize uh, monoclonal antibodies
0: yep so crystallizing monoclonal antibodies um, provide a number of advantages uh, so first off by generating crystals you can solve crystal structures that give some insights into the way that the proteins interact with each other that can inform things like stability crystallization can improve our biologics drug substance processes by replacing costly chromatography steps with batch crystallization modes, um, decreasing the the cost of production of our uh, monoclonal antibodies. They can also improve the stability and uh, cost for shipping and storage uh, by allowing for temperatures even as high as refrigerated or room temperature conditions and allowing for higher concentration solutions which would cut down the footprint uh, for, for shipping and storage. Uh, and finally, it provides a number of advantages for our drug delivery systems. And Paul, I know you have a lot of experience with that. Uh, do you want to share some of the advantages? Um, so, in the, I guess a, there was a pivotal study done
1: in 2016 with Infleximab, which showed that you can use high concentration, low volume uh, crystalline suspensions uh, that showed uh, acceptable. Uh, viscosity injectability properties, um, and um, we decided then to look at different MABs and see if it's possible to, to uh, crystallize those, um, and what opportunities would there be for a platform for crystalline MABs. So what does this all have to do with microgravity? That's what we're supposed to be
0: talking about here, Rob. Yeah, so, so microgravity is a really interesting environment because it has um, less sedimentation and convective forces than the molecules would see, see on Earth. And so what that does is it allows the crystals um, to be more regular, uh, which uh, increases the signal-to-noise ratio for diffraction and allows you to resolve your crystal structures to a higher resolution. Um, it also uh, allows the formation of more single more uniform size and shape crystals, which could have benefits for your drug substance and your drug product processes. So Paul, uh, do you mind sharing some of your experiences working in microgravity? So we did an experiment um, in
1: 2018 with pembrolizumab. um, And um, we, uh, as all our uh, experiments that we do on the International Space Station, we always have a flight and ground experiment that we activate at the at the same time. Um, and this was basically a, a black box experiment. We didn't know what we'd get until we got back. And we we're actually surprised that in the case of the flight, we got a uniform suspension of small particles, whereas in the ground experiment, we had a heterogeneous population of mostly larger particles. So when we got this result, we said, well, what does this mean? Is there, is there a meaningful difference between having a preparation that's smaller and more uniform versus this larger heterogeneous population? And we found that the, uh, the flight experiment, that, the, uh, that they showed uh, lower viscosity and better injectability properties than this heterogeneous uh, population that we saw. Um, and we uh, published these results in a, a Nature paper um, in uh, Nature Microgravity in 2019. Mm-hmm. And one of the, always the, the things that we're trying to do with microgravity, part of our uh, collaboration with NASA um, and with the ISS, International Space Station uh, Laboratory Organization, is that we have to show impact. It has to be an impactful study. Um, but also, it has to show benefit uh, to life on Earth, and also to publish or release the, the information that we have. Um, so when we published, that was part of meeting that, that agreement uh, that we have. And we uh, utilized that information were developing our crystalline suspensions, shooting for smaller particles um, that were more uniform than what we anticipated uh, before doing these studies. Um, so Rob, you want to tell them about your
0: results? Yeah, so um, Bristol-Myers Squibb set up an experiment on uh, SpaceX 21 a couple years ago, and we had uh, three monoclonal antibodies that we set up with three different hypotheses. So the first compound uh, was one that we could readily crystallize on Earth. Uh, But similar to to Paul's experience, we got a very uh, heterogeneous population of particles in terms of size and shape. And so we're hoping that um, under microgravity, we can get a more uniform uh, particle. The second compound that we sent up um, crystallized on Earth, but had a very needle-like morphology, which isn't very conducive to enabling the drug substance or the drug product processes, so we were hoping to improve the particle morphology. And then the last compound was one that we weren't able to readily crystallize on Earth, and so the hope was that in a microgravity environment that we would be able to get some crystals to be able to solve the crystal structure and inform the development of the compound. Um, the results uh, from the experiments. Um, so we were successful with the first compound in microgravity. The, uh, the particles were more uniform size and shape. We had nice uh, homogeneous distribution of cuboidal particles, which um, was, was really sort of the best possible outcome compared to the very heterogeneous particles that we got on our ground control conditions. For the second compound, we did have an improvement in the, uh, the morphology of the particles. Uh, there were still some crystal twinning uh, associated with it. So it was a different morphology than we got on Earth, but not as great of an extent as what we would have liked. So those um, morphologies could be uh, applied to improving the drug substance process, but not necessarily the drug product process. And for the last compound, we were not able to generate crystals under microgravity. Um, which is okay. Um, That just shows us that not all compounds are are readily crystallizable. We know this particular compound is very flexible in nature, and so even by removing some of those additional forces on Earth, we still weren't able to induce crystallization. Uh, But fortunately, we were able to take the results from that first mission and submit a follow-on grant that got approved um, last year, and we're targeting to launch on SpaceX 27, where we're looking to scale up some of the crystallization processes from the first mission, as well as do some screening work on other modalities besides monoclonal antibodies. So we're really uh, excited to see what the outcome of those experiments are.
1: Uh, Rob, you want to talk about some of the challenges of of doing uh, this kind of work?
0: Yeah, so um, for for us, one of the the biggest challenges that, that we had encountered um, was that our grant was funded in, um, in late 2019. And so we were starting our ground experiments with the implementation partners hardware early in 2020. Um, and in the situation with the global pandemic, we were actually had very limited access to our labs for the first half of 2020. And we were having a very hard time translating the crystallization experiments we were doing in our lab using our hardware to the implementation partner's hardware. Um, And and fortunately, through the ISSNL, um, the the folks there put me in contact with Paul. And Paul was able to share his experiences and and guide us towards alternate hardware selection, which enabled us to actually execute our, our experiments under microgravity. So I joke with everybody that it took basically a global pandemic for Merck and BMS to collaborate on a basic research experiment. But um, Paul, so what were your experiences in, in going through the process to get your grant and doing your experiments on, under microgravity?
1: I, you know, I, I, it takes it's an overall process. It takes about a year. So the first step is making a proposal. Um, it has to meet certain criteria. Um, it has to be impactful. You have to show benefit uh, to life on Earth. Um, and then um, you also have to have an experiment that uh, is doable, that meets the constraints that you have in doing a microgravity uh, experiment. And two of the, two of the, the big concerns is temperature, um, and uh, there's limited uh, stowage for cold stowage, and then space. Uh, whenever we're doing these experiments, everybody say, "Could you do it a little bit smaller?" Can you? It's always the, the push is, can, you, "Can we fit it in a in a smaller compartment?" So it's a constant battle. And then I think the the last challenge is is that there's delays, there's scrubs, um, and being prepared, you know, for for multiple setbacks. Uh, that's there. Um, and um, you want to comment about the next uh, process or the next steps? In
0: the- yeah, I mean I just want to just add one point. There are so many things that you take gravity for granted for when you're conducting experiments. So things like we wanted to send up a multi-channel pipette and a box of pipette tips. Um, and there was a concern that when you open the box of pipette tips that the pipettes would just float away. So our implementation partner was able to design a, a gasket to hold the pipette tips into place so that way they can operate the multi-channel pipette the, the same way on Earth. Um, yeah, and, and I know Paul, you've had a number of ideas about how to help people that would be interested in conducting experiments in space in the future. Uh, do you want to share some of those yeah, ideas? Yeah,
1: one of the, the ways that the industry could get involved would be if there was a consortium of pharma country, uh, companies that could work together uh, to do research, uh, do microgravity um, research, um, and that, that basically leads to the next subject, which is the uh, International Space Station. Um, end of life is 2028, so There's a lot thought now about where we go from there. Um, And um, NASA is uh, supporting the design of new, smaller space stations, uh, some of which space will be uh, dedicated for doing biomedical um, research. So there's a lot thought of going into how do you make a commercially viable model for doing microgravity uh, research, and um, a lot of a lot of people, I, I think within NASA and uh, the international space station community, want to jump ahead. So, uh, what can we do for bioprocess for biomanufacturing? And uh, I always come back and say, you know, there's a lot of recent development work that has to be done. Um, And there's a need for a broader range of diverse experiments and diverse users and opportunities for users to take their proof-of-concept ideas, to take advantage of microgravity effects
0: uh, going forward. Yeah, and I I would also add that um, transitioning from the International Space Station to a commercial uh, space station um, allows for us as scientists to help customize the modules of the space station to make sure they have the capabilities, the instrumentation, uh, the facilities to do the types of experiments that we want to do as we start to think about translating or transitioning from mechanistic understanding experiments to manufacturing uh, type experiments. yeah, one of the things that, I, I, that really impressed
1: me, I, I was on um, SpaceX uh, 24. Um, so most of our missions are what they call cargo resupply missions. So they're 30 days. Uh, so we go up in a stowage bag on the Dragon module. Um, and then it's uh, when the Dragon uh, couples to the International Space Station, the astronauts take it off. They put it into another storage facility, and then they would pull them out one at a time to activate the experiment to get ready to come back. Um, And What really impressed me was the fact that um, in SpaceX 24, uh, the Dragon decoupled, and within two hours uh, parachuted down in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, a helicopter picked up the... Dragon brought it to Kennedy Space Center, opened it up, and I had the experiment in, in under two hours. So that's better than SpaceX. So times have changed. You know, the, um, the you know, SpaceX uh, and, and other launch vehicles um, have shown that they can be reliable. Um, and I think it's up to the research community to think about. You know how they want to use this unique,
0: you know, laboratory. You know, 220 miles above the Earth. So, with that, uh, we'd like to open the floor. If anybody has any questions, very exciting work. Thank you uh, for the presentation. Um, what are the opportunities for applying some of these learnings uh, in space on Earth? So, um, I, you know, for us, for the experiments that we were able uh, to conduct so far, um, so it allows us to get more uh, higher resolution crystal structures to better understand uh, the the crystal structures of the particles, the the way the protein molecules interact with each other. Um, also, the uh, you could use the the crystals that you form in microgravity as seeds for your experiments on Earth. And so that's something that we're excited to do when we scale up our processes in in our next mission and to be able to take those crystals and evaluate them and and see the impact that they have on our ground experiments. Um, Yeah, I I would say we we use it as opportunities to test certain variables
1: uh, without sedimentation. What's the effects on the particles as they're forming? Um, If you're using temperature to induce your crystallization process or any process, there is, uh, you know, uh, temperature is a, is a gravity-driven uh, uh, process. So if you reduce, uh, you know, the, you have uniform temperature gradients in space, you can take advantage of that. What do you gain uh, from that? So these are, and, the, and diffusion is slower in space. So if it gives you an opportunity to design Different legs of your experiment to look at different variables and to judge whether, you know, these changes that you see in microgravity are worth uh, changes, the, the processes we do on Earth.
0: Thank you, everybody, for attending. All right. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast recording from the Pod Partnership Opportunities in Drug Delivery 2022 Conference. For more information, please visit podconference.com.